Welcome back to the Leadership Cheat Code, where we unlock the cheat code to effective leadership. My name is Brian Vaughn, and today I have an exciting topic for all new managers out there. Being a manager can be challenging. It can be tough, especially if you are new to this role. So that's why I have compiled a list of the 10 essential things that every new manager should know. I'll also provide two detailed strategies so that you're able to use those to be successful in your leadership journey. So let's dive right in. Number one is to build strong relationships with your team. The first strategy we're gonna look at is to schedule regular one-on-one meetings with your team members. This allows you to understand their aspirations, their concerns, and their development needs. Provide guidance and support and feedback during these sessions. So here are three tips to conducting regular one-on-one meetings with your team members. Number one is to set clear meeting objectives. Before each one-on-one meeting, communicate the purpose and the agenda to your team member. This ensures that they come prepared and can make the most of the time together. Let them know that the meeting is an opportunity for them to discuss their aspirations, their concerns, and their growth needs. By having a clear objective, both you and the team member can focus on addressing the most important topics, and this helps to avoid drifting off into unrelated discussions. Number two is to use the GROW model for development. I've used this many, many times in my career. I have taught the GROW model to many leaders within many different organizations. And so the GROW model is a simple yet effective coaching framework that stands for goal, reality, options, and will. During the one-on-one meeting, use this model to structure the conversation around your team members' development needs. Start by identifying the specific goals and understanding their current reality. Then explore the options available for their growth and career advancement. Finally, discuss the will, which refers to the commitment and actions needed to achieve these goals. This approach empowers your team members to take ownership of their development while providing them with guidance and support. Number three is to encourage self-reflection and feedback exchange. While providing guidance and feedback is essential, it is also valuable to encourage self-reflection in your team members. Ask open-ended questions that prompt them to think about their strengths, their areas of improvement, and strategies for growth. Additionally, create a safe and open environment for feedback exchange. Encourage your team members to share their thoughts on their experiences with the team and suggestions for improvements. By fostering self-awareness and open communication, you build stronger relationships and promote a culture of continuous improvement. Strategy number two is to foster team bonding activities. Take time to organize team building activities to promote camaraderie and collaboration among your team members. This can include things like team lunches, outings, or even virtual events. So here are three tips to help foster team bonding through these types of activities. Number one is to implement reverse mentorship programs. Traditionally, mentorship flows from senior to junior members, but in reverse mentorship programs, junior team members become mentors to senior team members in areas where they excel. This not only empowers junior team members, but it also allows for senior members to learn from different perspectives from those junior members. For instance, a junior team member might excel at using social media for marketing, and they can mentor a senior member who is less familiar with these platforms. 
This mutual learning experience fosters a sense of collaboration and creates a more inclusive team environment. Number two, passion project showcases. Encourage your team members to share their passion projects during these team bonding sessions. A passion project could be anything an individual is enthusiastic about outside of work, such as photography. Uh, so for me, it's it's video. I love videography. I love cameras and lights and monitors and microphones. Like I am really into, I love it. I'm really into videography. So you could share something like that with your team, whether it's videography or photography or cooking or writing or playing a musical instrument. Take time to organize these types of showcases where team members can present their passion projects to their colleagues. This not only helps team members to get to know each other on a more personal level, but it also fosters appreciation and support for each other's unique interests and talents. And then number three is team skill exchange workshops. So set up skill exchange workshops where team members can teach each other skills or hobbies that they are proficient in. This could be things like teaching a new language or coding or graphic design or any other skill relevant to the team members' interests and projects. By participating in these types of workshops, team members can learn from one another, build new skills, and gain a deeper appreciation for the expertise of their colleagues. This type of knowledge exchange strengthens the team bond and it creates a culture of continuous learning and growth. Number two is to communicate clearly and effectively. Strategy number one is to practice active listening. You're going to, you're going to hear me talk about active listening a lot because it is the foundation for you as leaders to have any type of interaction and trust with your team. All right, so active listening really is listening to pay attention, clarifying doubts, and empathizing with your team members. Of course, this helps to build trust and ensures open lines of communication. So here are three things that you can do to practice active listening in your team. Number one is to use reflective summarization. After a team member has shared their thoughts or ideas, practice reflective summarization to ensure that you fully understand their perspective. Take a moment to paraphrase what they said uh, and repeat back what you've heard them say in your own words, right? This is the essential uh, tenet of habit five. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. It is not parroting. It is really listening actively to the individual so that you can gain a full understanding, a complete understanding of their message, and then been able to relay that back to them in your own words, because it shows that you are actively processing the information and trying to grasp their viewpoint accurately. It also gives the speaker a chance to clarify any misunderstandings or elaborate further if needed. Number two is to use nonverbal cues. Active listening involves more than just hearing the words being spoken. It also involves paying attention to the nonverbal cues. Maintain eye contact, nod, and use affirmative gestures to show that you are engaged in the conversation. Avoid things like crossing your arms or fidgeting, or displaying other signs of impatience or disinterest, as these can be perceived as signs of you not fully being engaged or present in the moment. And number three is to avoid interrupting or jumping to conclusions. Many people have a hard time with this in conversations because we love to jump in, we love to give advice, we love to interrupt, and people just 
automatically just draw their own conclusions on what is being discussed. And this can be one of the biggest barriers to active listening is when we decide to interrupt the speaker or assume that you know what they're going to say before they finish saying it. Allow your team members to express their thoughts fully before interjecting with your input. By giving them space to share their ideas without interruption, you demonstrate respect and genuine interest in their perspectives. This also allows you to gather more complete information before formulating your response. This is habit, once again, habit five. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. It is about active, empathic listening. Listening before responding, right? Maybe I should do a whole series on seven habits. We'll see how, <laughs> we'll see where that leads. Uh, if Franklin Covey doesn't, you know, forbid me for doing that. But anyway, let's get back to the strategy. Strategy number two uh, is transparent goal setting. Clearly communicate the team's objectives and key performance indicators, or as we know them, KPIs, to ensure everyone understands their role in achieving them. Regularly provide updates and address any concerns or questions. So here are three tips for implementing transparent goal setting. Number one is to visualize progress with dashboards and metrics. Use visual aids such as dashboards or data-driven metrics to display the team's progress towards the set objectives and those KPIs. This visual representation will enable team members to have a clear understanding of their collective achievements and identify areas that will need some improvement. A well-designed dashboard can also highlight individual contributions, fostering a sense of ownership and motivation among team members to strive toward you know, common goal completion. Number two is regular feedback and check-ins. So in addition to communicating objectives and KPIs, schedule regular feedback sessions and one-on-one check-ins with your team members. These interactions allow for you as a leader to address any concerns or questions that may arise during the execution of tasks. It also provides an opportunity to recognize achievements and to offer constructive feedback to align individual efforts with overall goals. Regular check-ins foster open communication channels and it ensures everyone remains on the same page throughout the project or goal cycle. And then number three is to encourage goal alignment and autonomy. While transparently setting goals is crucial, it is equally essential to ensure that each team member understands how their individual objectives contribute to the larger team or organizational goals. Encourage team members to align their personal aspirations and development with team objectives. Additionally, provide a degree of autonomy to team members to decide how they approach their tasks, as this empowers them to take ownership and innovate while being accountable for their results. Okay, let's move to number three, which is to delegate responsibilities. Leaders, new managers, new leaders, it is important for you to learn how to delegate appropriately. So the very first step in this is to assess skills and interests. The ability for you as a leader to understand the strengths and weaknesses or opportunities, whichever you want to call them by, for each of your team members is essential to delegating tasks effectively. Delegate tasks that align with their interests, their skills, fostering personal growth and engagement. So here are three tips for assessing skills and interests to enhance team performance. Number one, skill mapping and rotation. Regularly assess the evolving skills and interests of team members and create a skill map. Identify areas where team members excel and have genuine interests 
Encourage skill rotation, allowing team members to take on new tasks or roles aligned with their interests, but slightly outside of their comfort zones. This not only promotes personal growth, but also prevents stagnation and fosters adaptability within the team. Number two, strengths-based coaching. Instead of solely focusing on weaknesses or opportunities, right? Some people want to call them opportunities. Either way, it's going to, in this it's going to be the same thing. Weakness of opportunities, areas of development. And with those areas of development, you want to adopt a strength-based coaching approach. Provide constructive feedback that emphasizes uh, amplifying those strengths and finding ways to leverage them effectively in their assigned task. Acknowledging and encouraging team members' strengths can boost their confidence, motivation, and overall performance. And number three, interest-driven skill development because we all have different interests and we all may want to develop our skills in the areas that we gravitate and are interested in the most. So encourage your team members to explore and pursue skill development in areas that align with their interests, even if they're not directly related to their current roles, because they could have a huge impact in how that person does their job. This could include things like attending workshops or online conferences uh, or courses that are related to their passions. An expanded skill can open up new opportunities and might lead to unexpected innovations within the team. Don't be afraid. I know how organizations are. I've taught to many of them, you know, and a lot of them have that, you know, you can only take courses and classes that are relevant to your specific job, specifically if they're going to pay for it, right? That's just how they how they do it. Now, I haven't been in every organization in America, so some may do it differently, but the ones that I've been in, that usually is their, their process, their structure. But it leads to great innovation. So find ways to allow people to take classes, courses in their specific interests. Okay, let's go to strategy number two, which is to provide guidance and resources. Clearly explain the expectations for each task and provide the necessary resources and support regularly check in to offer guidance and ensure progress. So here are three tips to providing guidance and resources for your team. Number one is to have task roadmaps and milestones. Create clear and detailed task roadmaps that outline the step-by-step -step process for each project or assignment. Break down the task into smaller milestones, making it easier for team members to track their progress and to see their achievements. This roadmap will serve as a visual guide, helping team members to understand how their efforts contribute to the overall project success. Number two is personalized support and feedback. Recognize that each team member may have different strengths and areas of improvement. Offer personalized support and feedback to cater to individual needs. Regularly schedule one-on-one -on -one meetings to address any questions or concerns they may have and provide constructive feedback to help them grow professionally. Number three, it's all about knowledge sharing. Implement a knowledge sharing platform or an internal wiki where team members can access essential resources, best practices, and relevant information related to their tasks and projects. This platform not only provides easy access to valuable resources, but also encourages collaboration and fosters a learning culture within the team. This is one of the things that I have personally implemented within the current team that I am leading 
is that we have a KMR, which is a knowledge management repository, which houses all of those things that I just talked about. Manuals, guides, FAQs, QRGs. You even have the ability to ask a question and we have the ability to answer that question as well. Uh, it has micro learnings and different types of things within our knowledge management repository. So if you're looking to increase knowledge sharing amongst your team members, this is something that you are going to want to implement within your own team and ultimately within your, within your own organization. All right, let's go to number four, which is to set clear expectations. If you listen to any other podcast that I've done up to this point, you know that I had a mentor who had this saying that stuck with me throughout the years. Expectations are only as effective as they are specific. So the more specific you are with your expectations, the more likely that they'll meet those expectation requirements. But you have to specify what they are. And the very first strategy in this is to define your KPI, your key performance indicators. This allows you to establish measurable goals and milestones for your team. This allows for objective evaluation of performance, right? We're going for objective, not subjective, but objective valuation of performance as it helps everyone to stay focused. So here are some things that you can do three specifically to help you define your KPIs to help your team members to stay focused and to achieve those measurable goals. Number one is to have smart KPIs. When defining KPIs, ensure that they are smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Specificity helps avoid ambiguity, making it clear what needs to be achieved. Measurability enables objective tracking and evaluation of progress. Ensure that each goals are realistically achievable and relevant to the overall strategy. Setting a framework also adds urgency and accountability to the process. Smart KPIs provide a clear roadmap for your team to follow and help align individual efforts with the organization's objectives. Number two is to balance leading and lagging indicators. This is something you're going to want to know hands down. Lead and lag indicators, right? So KPIs can be categorized as leading and lagging indicators. Leading indicators provide early signals towards the desired outcome, while lagging indicators measure the ultimate result. A balanced approach is essential to get a holistic view of your team's performance. For example, if your goal is to increase customer satisfaction, a leading indicator could be the number of customer support calls resolved on the first interaction. And a lagging indicator could be the overall customer satisfaction score from those customer satisfaction surveys that we do uh, as organizations, right? So you have your lead measures, your lag measures. This combination provides insight into both the current performance and the potential future outcomes. Number three is to regularly review and adjust your KPIs because nothing stays the same. Markets, business environments, and goals can change over time. It is crucial to review and if necessary, adjust your KPIs periodically. Regular evaluation helps to identify whether those KPIs are still relevant, realistic, and driving the desired results. Avoid a set it and forget it, right? This is not Ronco. This is not set it and forget it type of mentality that we are implementing. We are constantly evaluating our KPIs and adjusting those KPIs if needed. 
So encourage your team members in these reviews to gather their insights and experiences as they might offer valuable perspectives for refining the KPIs. Flexibility in adapting KPIs to changing circumstances enhances your team's ability to stay on track and adapt to new challenges. Strategy number two is to document job responsibilities. Create clear job descriptions and communicate them to your team members. This avoids confusion and promotes accountability. So here are three tips to help you document job responsibilities effectively. Number one is to have smart job descriptions. So when creating job descriptions, make them smart, right? Once again, you know what smart, say it with me. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. This type of approach ensures that the responsibilities are clearly defined and provide a measurable benchmark for evaluating performance. Now, I know what you're going to say. I'm not in charge of creating job descriptions. That may be true, right? If your HR talent acquisition team is responsible for creating job descriptions, but I'm sure you understand the job and what the requirements of the job, what that is. And that is what I'm talking about. Not so much the job description in that sense, but what are the overall job responsibilities that you want this team member to fulfill? That is what you really need to concentrate on. So set those, those goals, those performance metrics with your team. What, what do you want them to do? Outline that job to them because this type of specificity helps avoid misunderstandings while measurable goals enables the tracking of progress. So you want to make sure that there is relevance between the job description and what your team members should be doing, because it ensures that the responsibilities align with the overall team objectives and the overall business goals. And number two is to visualize responsibilities with RACI, right? It's, if you never heard of the RACI matrix, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. I'm not going to go so much deep into it. Use your best friend, which is Google, or maybe I'll just do a another segment that talks about how to use this particular matrix. So it is a responsibility assignment matrix, right? RACI, uh, to visualize and communicate job responsibilities effectively. That's what it is, right? So it stands for, R-A-C-I, stands for responsible, accountable, consulted, and informed. Those are the four areas that you're looking at when it comes to job responsibilities. You as a leader, you are assigning these roles for each task or project to clarify who is going to be responsible for completing the task, who is accountable for the final outcome, who needs to be consulted during the process, and who should be informed of the progress. This matrix helps prevent overlapping roles, avoid confusion, and promotes accountability among the team members. And number three is to regularly review and update job descriptions, right? There's nothing static because we live in a very dynamic world, a dynamic work environment. And so things change. Your job as a leader is to ensure that job descriptions are reviewed and updated regularly to reflect changes in roles, responsibilities, or expectations. I know what you're going to say. I don't make the job descriptions. I get that. But you know what the job entails. You know specifically what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. That is what I'm really talking about. So how do you map that out? And that really takes for you to sit down, think about the job in its totality, and then break that down as far as those responsibilities go. Now, you could do that through things like a gap analysis, which I can get into 
but not on this particular segment. But a gap analysis helps you to identify those things as well. But the ultimate goal is for you to sit back and to think about what are those responsibilities, those roles and expectations. So when team members are aware of any modifications to their responsibilities, they can adapt their performance accordingly. Regular reviews also help identify any gaps or inefficiencies in the workflow, leading to continuous improvement and increased productivity. Number five is to develop your emotional intelligence. Oh, this is critical. New leaders, new managers, new supervisors. This is critical for you to develop your emotional intelligence. This is all about empathy and understanding. Be empathic towards your team members, their feelings, their concerns, and their challenges. Show that you understand and that you're going to provide support when it is needed. So here's the first tip. Number one is to employ empathy mapping exercises. Conduct empathy mapping exercises as a team building activity. Divide the team into small groups and assign each group a specific challenge or scenario faced by the team members. Have the groups create empathy maps for the individuals involved in those situations. Empathy maps include sections like, what does the person think or feel? What does the person see? What does the person say or do? What are their pains and gains? This exercise helps team members understand each other's perspective and foster empathy. And the number two is to have emotional check-ins. Regularly conduct emotional check-ins with your team members in one-on-one settings. You want to know how they're doing because how they're doing emotionally is going to impact, even though people, I don't care about the emotion. No, the emotions of people impact them. We are, we are holistic people. We are not one way outside of work and one way at work. People think that they are, and they only think that certain things impact them personally or professionally. And it's not true. You are you are one being. Everything impacts you, no matter if it's personal or professional. So as a leader, create a safe and open space for them to express their feelings and concerns related to their work or personal life. By understanding their emotional state, you can offer appropriate support, reassurance, and adjustments to their workload if needed. This practice not only strengthens the bond between you and your team members, but it also helps identify potential issues early on. And then number three is to have empathic decision-making. So when making significant decisions, consider how they may impact each team members personally. Engage in discussions with the team to understand their perspectives, concerns, and potential challenges that may arise from the decision. And if feasible, involve the team members in the decision-making process to ensure their voices are heard and valued. This inclusive approach to decision-making not only promotes empathy, but also improves the quality of decisions by leveraging diverse insights. So here's strategy number two regarding emotional intelligence, and this is your ability to be self-aware. Understand your own emotions as a leader, your own strengths, and your own weaknesses or opportunities. This allows you to manage your own reactions and handle difficult situations with composure. So here are three tips for developing self-awareness. Number one is mindful micro journaling. Instead of maintaining a traditional journal, try engaging in mindful micro journaling. Whenever you find yourself facing a challenging situation or experiencing intense emotions, take a brief pause and jot down a few keywords or phrases that describe your feelings, thoughts, and the context 
of the situation. The act of quickly capturing your emotions and thoughts in the moment can help you become more aware of your reactions and patterns. Later, you can take time to review your microjournal entries to identify trends and specifically triggers, which will enable you to respond with greater composure in similar situations in the future. Number two is the personification of emotions. Visualize your emotions as distinct characters or entities within your own mind. Give each emotion a name, appearance, and a personality. When you encounter a difficult situation, pay attention to the different emotions that may arise. Instead of being overwhelmed by them, try to interact with them mentally. Ask questions like, why are you here? Or what do you want me to know? This exercise helps to create psychological distance from the emotions, allowing you to understand and manage them more effectively. It can also prevent you from feeling consumed by negative emotions and facilitate a more composed response. And number three is emotional avatar visualization. Imagine creating a composure avatar, a representation of yourself that embodies the qualities of calmness, resilience, and self-assurance. This avatar is an ideal version of you who can handle difficult situations with grace and composure. Before facing challenging situations, take a few moments to visualize yourself embodying this avatar. See yourself responding to the situations with confidence and emotional control. By repeatedly reinforcing this mental image, you program your mind to adopt these attributes during real-life scenarios. Over time, you'll notice that your actual behavior aligns more closely with the attributes of your composed avatar, helping you to navigate challenges with increased self-awareness. Okay, number six is to provide constructive feedback. I've been talking about it a lot in this particular podcast right now, but feedback, once again, is critical, right? So as a new leader, you want to make sure, I'm going to repeat it again, but you want to make sure that you provide constructive feedback. So what does that mean? Number one, the first strategy is timely and specific feedback. This is where I see a lot of leaders fail in their ability to provide feedback because it is neither timely nor is it specific. So give specific feedback. Offer feedback promptly and be specific about what was done well in areas of improvement. This helps your team members to grow and excel. So here are three tips for providing timely and specific feedback to help your team members grow and excel. Number one, feedback tagging was customizable symbols. To make feedback more focused and digestible, use a system of customizable symbols to tag different types of feedback. For example, you could create symbols for innovation or communication, collaboration, initiative, etc. So when giving feedback, simply use these symbols alongside your comments to indicate the specific areas of feedback that it pertains to. This method helps recipients to quickly identify their strengths and areas of growth, making it easier for them to work on targeted improvements. Kind of like when you were in school, your teacher gave you a star, a smiley face, a thumbs up, whatever those systems, uh, those sticker systems that they use way back in the day when you would get your paper. And if you did very well, you had all these stickers on it or the teacher may post those stickers on a board where you could visually see those. That's what I'm talking about right here. Tie visualization to the feedback. And then number two is gamified feedback tracker. Create a gamified feedback tracker where team members can see their progress over time. This is a great thing to do. 
build a digital dashboard that visualizes. This is kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier, right? With the teacher thing, because now you're building a digital dashboard that visualizes their feedback ratings, areas of improvement and accomplishments because they can see it on a board, kind of like when you were in school and the teacher put that board up and had badges or levels or a progress bar to add a sense of achievement and encourage continuous growth and development because you can see it visually. Oh, I need to work on this. Oh, I'm behind. So I need to step it up. Marcy's ahead of me. What can I do to get ahead of Marcy? Right. And that's kind of what they, there was nobody in school for me named Marcy. I'm just saying for you, there may have been a Marcy that you wanted to compete with because competition friendly. Let me make sure I go back and say that friendly competition between themselves or each other can help foster positive feedback and promote self-directed learning, but it has to be competition. That's friendly, right? You don't want, you don't want to pit team members against, against one another. You don't want to make Jim and Marcy enemies. That's not the goal, but it is to have friendly competition. That's the key. And number three is to create visual feedback mapping. Utilize visual feedback mapping to provide clear and concise overview of your team members progress in areas of improvement. Create a visual representation such as a feedback radar and you're plotting this on a graph, on a chart, where different skill areas are plotted on a radar-like graph. This approach allows each team members to see their growth over time and identify any patterns in their strengths or weaknesses or opportunities, right? Whichever you would like, weaknesses or opportunities. Additionally, it does help team members and the leaders to visualize the team's collective strengths and areas that require attention. This visual representation makes feedback more tangible and it motivates individuals to work on specific areas of their development. Strategy number two is to encourage self-reflection. Ask your team members to reflect on their own performance and identify areas where they can improve. This promotes self-awareness and personal growth. So here are three tips to encourage self-reflection among team members. Number one is personal SWOT analysis workshops. Conduct personalized strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats SWOT analysis workshops for each team member. In these sessions, team members can self-assess their own strengths, their weaknesses, identify their growth opportunities, and potential obstacles to their success. To make it even more effective, encourage team members to share their SWOT analysis with each other because this is going to allow them to foster a culture of vulnerability and mutual support. This exercise helps team members to gain a deeper understanding of themselves and their areas of improvement. Number two, anonymous self-reflection exchange. Create a platform or an anonymous system, it could be digital or physical, where team members can write down their reflections on their performance in areas of improvement. These reflections should be shared anonymously with the team. This approach allows for open and honest sharing without fear of judgment. As a leader, you can collect these reflections periodically and identify common themes or challenges within the team. Then you can facilitate group discussions or workshops to address these themes collaboratively. And number three is role reversal day. Organize a role reversal day where team members swap roles and responsibilities with each other. Now that's great to do if your teams do different types of tasks. As my team, they do the same type of task from a training perspective. And so there are some nuances, but they pretty much do the same thing. So if you have the ability to swap roles, sometimes you can maybe swap the leader role, right? I think that 
have them become the leader for the day so that they could step into your shoes and see what it's like to be a, a leader and to take on those types of responsibilities and those decision making areas that you have to do as a leader. But nonetheless, it is all about reversing roles. Becky becomes Jim. Jim becomes Becky. Not in that literal sense. But what I'm saying is that they are swapping roles as far as the job is concerned. So for instance, right? So if one is a marketer, they could temporarily step in the shoes of a developer. Or if they are a project manager, then they could step into the role of customer support, right? If you are employing this as an organization, that is a great exercise because this provides unique insight into each other's roles, fostering empathy and appreciation for diverse skills and perspectives within the team. And after the role reversal, team members can reflect on their own experiences, highlighting the skills that they found challenging and what they learned during this process. This activity promotes cross-functional understanding and self-awareness, encouraging personal growth. And number seven is to foster a positive work culture. And the first strategy for this, in order to do this, I heard a saying a long time ago, is that the fish rots at the head. Mm, think about that. A fish rots at the head. So if the leadership is bad, more than likely everything else is going to be bad, which is why strategy number one is to lead by example. This is you as a leader, your ability to demonstrate positive behavior and work ethic, setting the tone. You are setting the tone for the team. Encourage collaboration, respect, and recognition among the team members. So here are three tips to help lead by example in a way that fosters positive behavior, work ethic, collaboration, respect, and recognition among your team members. Number one is the gratitude expedition. What is this? This is your ability as a leader to create a fun and interactive way to promote recognition and collaboration within a team. Start a gratitude expedition where team members are encouraged to express appreciation for each other's efforts in a unique manner. Provide each team member with a small journal or a virtual space where they can write down words of thanks and recognition for their colleagues' contributions. To add an element of surprise, make it anonymous if they prefer. That way, nobody knows who's saying what about them. And at the end of the week or at the end of the month, host a team meeting or a team event where these expressions of gratitude are shared in creative ways, like reading them aloud in the form of a poem or a riddle or a short skit. This practice will not only boost morale, but also reinforce positive behavior within the team. Number two is the challenge shuffle. Promote collaboration and camaraderie among team members by organizing a challenge shuffle activity. Divide the team into small groups or pairs and assign them specific challenges or problems related to their work or personal development. The twist is that the groups will be shuffled periodically. It could be either weekly or monthly. Each team member will move to a different group to tackle different challenges. This approach encourages team members to learn from one another, to share best practices, and to adapt different work styles. It also breaks down silos and fosters a culture of openness and collaboration. And number three, random acts of learning. Inspire a culture of continuous learning and skill sharing within the team through random acts of learning. Encourage team members to spend a small amount of time each week, could be 30 minutes, learning something new or enhancing their skills which could be related to or unrelated to their core responsibilities. This could involve exploring online courses or attending webinars, reading articles, or experimenting with new tools. 
During team meetings or informal gatherings, team members can take turns sharing what they learn and how it might be beneficial to the overall team. This practice not only enhances individual growth, but also it can set an example for others to invest in their development, fostering a positive and growth-oriented work environment. Strategy number two is to celebrate achievements. Acknowledge and celebrate individual and team achievements. This boosts morale and creates a supportive work environment. To make the celebration more unique and impactful, consider these three tips. Number one is to have a personalized trophy wall. Create a trophy wall or an online platform where each employee gets a virtual trophy cabinet to showcase their achievements, both personal and professional. This could include work-related accomplishments like successful projects or promotions and accolades, as well as personal milestones like charity work, hobbies, fitness goals, etc. Let employees curate and design their own virtual trophy displays, making it a visual representation of their unique journey. This not only celebrates their success, but also helps build a deeper connection between employees by learning more about each other's passions and interests outside of work. And number two is to implement a celebration time capsule. Encourage team members to contribute to a celebration time capsule on special occasions or milestones. This capsule could be a physical box or a digital platform containing items that represent each employee's achievements, creativity, or growth during that time in the company. It could include items like a handwritten letter of appreciation from colleagues or managers. It could be a small token symbolizing their accomplishments, a picture capturing the celebratory moment, or even a short video message from the team congratulating and acknowledging the achievement. Seal the time capsule and store it in a prominent place in the office, symbolizing the collective growth and achievements of the team over time. And number three is achievement auction. So turn the act of celebrating achievements into a fun and engaging event by organizing an achievement auction. Mm, what is this? So instead of spending money on things like physical gifts, employees can offer things like their skills, their knowledge, and personal time as a celebration gift to the person being acknowledged. For an example, uh, an employee with exceptional graphic design skills could offer to design a website banner for the achiever or someone skilled in cooking might prepare a special meal or a fitness enthusiast could offer a personal training session to that person. The achiever can then bid on these offerings using points or tokens earned through these accomplishments, making the celebration interactive and rewarding for everyone involved. It not only celebrates achievements, but it also encourages skill sharing and camaraderie among team members. Number eight, continuous learning and improvement. Strategy number one is to seek feedback from your team. Regularly ask for feedback from your team members about your leadership style and areas of improvement. Actively listen and make adjustments accordingly. So here are some tips to help you seek feedback from your team. Number one is to have an anonymous feedback box. So create this type of anonymous feedback box where team members can drop in their suggestions, concerns, and ideas regarding your managerial style. This allows them to freely express their thoughts without fear of repercussions. To make it even more engaging, add a creative touch by using a feedback treasure chest or a suggestion box with colorful decoration. This approach encourages open and honest feedback, providing you as a leader with valuable insight to improve your own leadership and management skills. Number two is to implement reverse role feedback sessions. 
Occasionally, organize reverse role feedback sessions where team members get a chance to step into your shoes as the manager. Divide the team into small groups and have each group take turns acting as the manager while you become the team member. They can discuss and address hypothetical team issues or projects. This exercise not only fosters empathy and understanding, but also allows your team members to experience the challenges and decisions that you, we as leaders face on a regular basis. It can lead to a more constructive and empathetic feedback exchange. And number three is to implement a feedback buddy system where each team member pairs up with another to provide feedback to each other. As the manager, you participate in this system as well. The feedback can focus on different aspects of your leadership style, such as communication, decision-making, or conflict resolution. By participating in this reciprocal type of feedback process, you create a culture of continuous improvement and ensure that feedback is not just a one-way street. Additionally, team members might feel more comfortable sharing their perspectives with their peers, leading to more candid insights for you to work on. And strategy number two is to invest in personal development. Attend workshops and conferences and pursue relevant courses to enhance your leadership skills. Share new knowledge with your team. Once you learn something, share that with your team. That way they can grow and develop as well. And they also can see that you are taking the steps to improve your own development as a leader. So here are three tips for investing in your own professional development as a manager. Number one, unconventional learning experiences, right? So this is completely different. This is just instead of your like traditional workshops and conferences, consider seeking out unconventional learning experiences to broaden your perspective. So for an example, you could participate in team building activities like escape rooms or immersive role playing scenarios that simulate real world managerial challenges. These experiences can offer valuable insights into decision-making, problem-solving, and team dynamics in a fun and in an engaging way. Number two is improv classes for communication and leadership. This, this is a fun thing right here to do. Improv, right? I love improv type of classes. And so if you have the ability to take improv classes to help improve your communication and leadership skills, do so. Public speaking quick thinking and adaptability are crucial skills for us as leaders, as managers. Enroll in improv classes can be an uncon is unconventional, but it is highly effective in developing these types of skills. Improv exercises force you to think on your feet, to communicate clearly, and to collaborate with others to create spontaneous solutions. These classes not only improve your ability to lead meetings and presentations, but also help you to become more receptive to your team's ideas and inputs. And number three is gamification of learning and skill building. Gamification is the integration of gaming elements into non-gaming environments, and it can make the process of learning and skill building more engaging and enjoyable. Workshops and courses can sometimes feel monotonous. We've been in those situations where the leaders or the workshop presenter is monotonous and boring and we're like oh my Bueller Bueller right we've been there oh my gosh we've been there Ben Stein right not to put Ben Stein on on blast but he was when you think of um monotonous you usually think of somebody like Ben Stein from you know Ferris Bueller day off right you that's kind of where you 
where you go to, or like the Clear Eyes commercials that we used to watch uh, that used to come on TV. Uh, and so when you have that feeling of monotonous, it could lead to losing interest and retention. So to make it more exciting, create a gamified professional development program. So for an example, design challenges and quizzes and simulations that encourage friendly competition among your team members. Provide rewards or recognition for reaching milestones or demonstrating newly acquired skills. This approach not only enhances learning, but also boosts team morale and collaboration. And number nine is to resolve conflicts promptly. Mm, this is a challenge for leaders to do, especially new leaders, is how do you really resolve conflicts promptly? Let's talk about it. Strategy number one is to address issues directly. Don't beat around the bush. Deal with conflicts or disagreements as soon as they arise. Encourage open and honest communication, allowing all parties to express their perspectives. So here are some things you can do, specifically three unique and out-of-the-box tips for addressing issues directly in a conflict resolution scenario. Number one is the reverse role play. So instead of having the parties involved in the conflict express their own perspectives, ask them to switch roles and to defend each other's position. This exercise forces them to step into each other's shoes and to gain a deeper understanding of the other person's viewpoint. By defending a perspective they do not necessarily agree with, individuals may discover new insights and common ground, fostering empathy and collaboration. Number two is the anonymous resolution board. Create an anonymous digital or physical platform where team members can post their concerns, conflicts, and suggestions without revealing their identity. That's the big part. They don't want to be known who said what. So make it anonymous. This provides an opportunity for individuals who might be hesitant to speak up directly to share their thoughts and ideas and concerns. Team members can then collectively address the situation without attributing them specifically to a person, which can help create a safer and more open environment for open dialogue. Additionally, it prevents perceived biases based on who raised the concern and encourages more objective problem solving. And number three is to have a solution roundtable. Rather than directly discussing the conflict itself, create a solution roundtable where all parties come together to brainstorm solutions for hypothetical issues. Present unrelated problems or scenarios and encourage everyone to contribute their ideas on how to solve them. This exercise promotes a collaborative atmosphere and strengthens problem solving it also helps build trust and rapport among the participants before addressing the actual conflict. And strategy number two is mediation and collaboration. If conflicts escalate, act as a mediator and facilitate discussions to find common ground. Encourage compromise and collaboration to reach a resolution. So here are three unique and out-of-the-box tips for implementing mediation and collaboration. Number one is art therapy for expression and understanding. Introduce art therapy techniques as a means for expressing and understanding during the mediation process. Provide each party involved in that particular conflict with some art supplies. It could be drawing uh, materials, it could be clay, it could be color pencils or crayons or watercolors, things like that. And encourage them to create visual representations of their emotions, their perspectives, and their desired outcomes. Art can often tap into the deeper emotion, the deeper side, and the subconscious thoughts that might be challenging to express through words alone. This creates uh, an approach that can lead to breakthroughs, and trust me, it 
It can lead to great breakthroughs in understanding and empathy, helping participants find common ground and new paths toward resolutions. Number two, role reversal and empathy building. To foster empathy and create deeper connections between those conflicting parties, organize a role reversal activity. Each participant takes on the role of the other person, understanding their perspectives and motivations and emotions. This exercise helps to break down barriers and judgments while encouraging a more holistic view of the situation. As the mediator, guide them through this exercise, allowing them to gain new insights and appreciation for the challenges faced by the other party. It can lay the groundwork for more meaningful and collaboration and compromise. And the number three is to implement nature walks for mindfulness and clarity. Sometimes the best way to facilitate productive discussions and to reach a resolution is by taking a step back from the immediate conflict and allowing space for clarity. Organize nature walks or outdoor activities for the conflicting parties. Spending time in nature has a calming effect on the mind and can improve focus and mindfulness. As they walk together in a peaceful environment, encourage open discussions, but also moments of silence for individual reflection. The fresh air, beauty of nature, and the absence of distractions can help participants gain a fresh perspective and approach the conflict with renewed energy and more positive mindset. And finally, number 10. We are at the end, ladies and gentlemen. Number 10 is to prioritize work-life balance. So the very first strategy is to encourage time management. Help your team prioritize tasks, set realistic deadlines, and avoid unnecessary overtime. Foster a healthy work-life balance by respecting personal boundaries. So here are three tips for encouraging time management and fostering a healthy work-life balance in your team. Number one is to have gamified task completion. You'll notice I talk about gamified a lot because the more that you can relate it to something fun and exciting and interactive, the more that they are able to grasp on to it. So turn task completion into a game by creating a fun and interactive system. Create a virtual time management challenge where team members earn points or rewards for completing tasks within the designated timeframes. Use a leaderboard to showcase the top performers. This gamification approach can add an element of excitement and friendly competition, motivating team members to manage their team effectively and to meet those deadlines. Number two is to have flexible core hours and personal projects. Implement a system of flexible core hours that allow employees to choose a portion of their workday when they feel most productive. Oh, this is different, right? It goes against the traditional things that companies do. Additionally, encourage the allocation of a set amount of time each week for personal projects related to the company goals. This gives employees a chance to work on tasks they are passionate about, which can enhance creativity and overall job satisfaction. The freedom to explore personal projects can also serve as an incentive to manage time efficiently to ensure that they have time for these creative endeavors. And number three is to set meeting-free blocks. Dedicate specific blocks of times on certain days where no meetings are allowed. During these meeting-free periods, team members can focus on deep work, project execution, and uninterrupted time for concentrated effort. This strategy helps minimize distractions and allow individuals to make significant progress on their task. It also promotes better planning and coordination of meetings on other days, ensuring that meetings are held only when necessary and not disruptively scattered throughout the week. And strategy number two 
is to lead by example. Demonstrate a healthy work-life balance yourself. You as a leader have to have a healthy work-life balance. If you are asking your team to have one, you as a leader must have one yourself. Encourage your team to take breaks, vacations, and to disconnect from work when needed. You must do the same. That is all about your own mental state, mental sharpness, rejuvenation. So make sure you as a leader have a healthy work-life balance. So here are some things that you can do. Specifically, three things to lead by example and to demonstrate a healthy work-life balance. Number one, Passion Projects Day. Designate a specific day or a few hours each week where employees can work on their passion projects. These projects should be unrelated to their usual tasks and responsibilities, but aligned with the organization's overall mission and values. Allowing employees to pursue their passions at work not only sparks creativity and innovation, but also promotes a healthy work-life balance. It gives them the opportunity to engage in activities they genuinely enjoy, reducing stress and improving overall job satisfaction. You as a leader must be doing the same. You must be engaging in those same type of activities if you want your team members to do those. And then number two, micro adventures. Encourage employees to embrace micro adventures as a way to unwind and rejuvenate without taking long vacations. Micro adventures involve engaging in small, exciting, and unusual activities within a short time frame, often close to their work or home. So for an example, Team members could go for a morning hike before starting work. You can have a spontaneous picnic during lunchtime in a nearby park, or you can try out an adrenaline pumping activity like indoor rock climbing after hours. These mini adventures add a sense of novelty and fun to the work week, allowing employees to break away from their routine and return to work with renewed energy and enthusiasm. And then number three is workcation days. Promote the concept of workcations within the team. Occasionally, instead of taking a traditional vacation, encourage team members to work from a different location, such as the beachside resort or a cozy cabin in the mountains or a serene countryside retreat, but get away from their normal environment that they're in. And so by combining work and leisure in a new type of way, a new type of environment, employees can experience a change of scenery. They can reduce burnout and find inspiration in a relaxed setting. Just make sure that the workload during the workcations is manageable, allowing them to enjoy the experience without overwhelming stress. And there you have it. 10 essential things that every new manager should know, along with some strategies for each point. Now remember, being a manager is a continuous learning process, and it takes time to master these skills. But with dedication, practice, and a genuine interest in your team's success, you'll become an exceptional manager. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, to unlock your leadership effectiveness, you must master the cheat code. See you next time. <laughs>